0: Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show. It may well possess a rudimentary intelligence. I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. I so the great disturbance in the force. Hello,
1: I'm Mr. Ray. Come on, mark like a dog for me. me, me. Where's the goodies? <laughs> Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I bet you wouldn't have done anything like this if mom and dad were here. You
0: filthy criminal! Excuse me while I whip this out. Go ahead, make my day. Here are your hosts, Douglas Viviani and David Cohen.
1: Welcome to the bright new world of ABC. You'd never know they were cops unless you broke the law. I mean, who are we supposed to trust? Same people we always trust. Us. Starsky. Hutch. I'm Starsky. He's Hutch. Welcome to a bright new world this fall on ABC. I can't wait.
0: Uh, and I can't wait. This is Douglas Viviani on Everything Old is New Again, uh, playing a little clip there of a promo from back in the 70s of Starsky and Hutch. And I'll tell you, David Cohen is missing a show here. Unfortunately, he can't make it today. But I have a very special guest host this week. David Souls appeared on, listen to this one, fans of Everything Old is New Again is going to get a kick of the fact that he was on, and we'll talk about it for a moment, Star Trek, All in the Family. He also started Here Come the Brides, uh, the 1979 TV miniseries adaptation of Stephen King's Salem's Lot. Also, uh, we have of course, uh, to take a look at him playing Hutch on the 1970s classic TV show Starsky and Hutch. However, he's not just known for that, he also is known for his love of music as he started as a folk singer. So anyone who's heard the hit song Don't uh, Give Up On Us from 78 knows all about his extraordinary musical talent. Uh, He's been creating, producing, singing music uh, publicly from the 70s till present. He's released uh, five uh, albums and now in one full... Big package release, if you will, called David Soul Gold. There's a three set CD that contains 45 songs, not to mention a vinyl version, a new version of Don't Give Up On Us and also there's a vinyl track uh, uh, album there, we'll have to t- take a look at that but uh, surely, Everything Old is New Again with David uh, David Soul. I almost said David Cohen, David Soul. thank you David for visiting with us, I appreciate your time
1: That's a lot, of, that's a lot that will carry on my shoulders becoming a co-presenter co- with you, huh? Uh, it is Cohen it is. <laughs> probably heard that I was going to be on the show and decided to take the bay off,
0: that's what I think <laughs> You know, it's coincidental because we had uh, Paul Marco Glazer on as well and he wasn't here for that either, but he claims that he yeah. loves uh, Starsky and Hutch. I think he's holding out for Huggy Bear. I don't know. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> Why did you try him? I'm sure he'll be a, he'll be there for for, for, for uh, Antonio. There we go.
0: Now uh, listen, anyway. let's just talk about this for a little bit. So I found something was so interesting. Uh, Merv Griffin in '66 right. and '67 had a person by the name of quote the Covered Man" on yeah. the show, and that person sang music and in, introduced himself at some point as my name is David Soul and I want to be known for my music. So the question is it's 54 years later do you think you've achieved that goal I think you have but where do you stand on that?
1: <laughs> well that was a that was a very very interesting uh, it was it was not just a, a gimmick by any means it was It was part of a dynamic of my life at that particular time. I had gone through a very painful, uh, early, early, because I was married in 19, 20, just 20. We had a child very early on. Uh, In fact, I came out of the Midwest where there were no option, you know, it was called a shotgun marriage. Right. There were no options for us, you know, and nobody talked about sex, nobody talked about anything that had to do with that sort of that subject you know and so we were two scared kids who got married and it just fell apart Uh, out of that the idea of covering my face was uh, a real feeling inside because i was sort of my father was a very reputable and very highly considered man in the the community and i was this i was his son and it came as like you want to put a cover on your face to hide yourself from family and friends and people and so forth. And I, I don't know how that happened, but it sort of evolved into this idea that if I covered my face, nobody would recognize me, but i the music could still come out. Right. So I said, my name is David Sowell and I want to be known for, uh, for the music. I, with that, I set off a tape and a photograph of myself with this mask on to the William Morris Agency in New York. And two weeks later, I got contracts back in all fields. It was that wacky.
0: Wow, and you were the he, unknown he, comic, so to speak, before that even came about. That was a really original, great idea that seemed to gather a lot of steam, huh? I,
1: I anticipated the unknown comic. They copied me. <laughs> right. and, seriously. I, and I, I went to New York, and I never took that mask off for my agents, for Merv Griffin. For anybody, uh, every meeting that I had, I wouldn't speak except to say, "My name is David Soul, and I want to be known for my music." Wow. Well, you can imagine he drove people absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I became sort of the uh, target for people like Leonard Lyons, who was a who was a, a columnist, uh, you know, and um, they called me uh, Mayor Lindsay trying to make it straight. No, trying to get into show business. I was Bob Dylan trying to make it straight. Uh, I went in and played with some of the you know great band called the Blues Project at the time. That was you know with some of the great players that went on to to to, to play with a number of big groups uh, like Blood Sweat and Tears and uh, uh, well I don't know in fact the bass player Andy Kohlberg became my musical director and played on most of the songs of this of the CDs that you are right. <laughs> they were talking about. And, um, and finally, I went and opened up a club in, in the village at the Café and bombed miserably with the sound of wooden chairs scraping across a wooden floor. People got up to leave. <laughs> and I figured that, I guess maybe they're telling me something. I better take that mask off. <laughs> and so I did. And they said, put, the back, put, put back the mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, that was... And someone from Columbia Pictures saw me on Merv Griffin's show, still singing, now without the mask. And they said, if anybody could do something like that, they must be an actor. Right. So they called me in for an audition. I auditioned, and. Off to
0: Los Angeles wow that's that's an amazing story something we, we really didn't know and I, I want to tell you that for someone that was a fan of Starsky and Hutch when that came out and then to hear in the middle of that run the following song which I want to play for everybody for a few minutes a few seconds of and uh, to hear that I'm sure you've heard this a million times no one at that time not no one but just casual fans didn't necessarily know the talent that you had and this went to number one give it two seconds and we'll uh, be right back listen to this don't give up. On it.
1: Don't give up on us, baby. Don't make the wrong
0: seem right. The future isn't just one night. It's written in the moonlight, We're painted on the stars. We can't change our. Up on us, All right, so there it is, David Soul. Tell us the genesis of this song. This is a gentleman, uh, Tony McCullough, hey, from uh, the Foundations, who wrote "Build Me Up Buttercup," and he he wrote uh, "Love Grows," "Where My Roseberry Goes" uh, for Edison Lighthouse. So, this is a gentleman that uh, has some gravitas and worked on this uh, song and others with you. How did you get hooked up with him?
1: Well, I, I did a song, get an album and uh,
0: as you as you pointed out, once. Starsky Hutch was on the air
1: and a, and a success. People started to sniff around because I kept singing. I, I would sing, you know. And they figured, well, let's see what we can do with this. And they asked me if I wanted to do an album. And I said, yeah, of course. Uh, music has always been my first love. So they set, up a, they set up a recording situation, an album up in San Francisco. And I went up and did this album, played with people like Taj Mahal and Nikki Hopkins and Merle Saunders. And we used to go to the park on a Saturday afternoon. There was David Garcia, Grateful Dead, Jefferson Airplane. Oh, wow. Everybody hung out together in those days. Anyway, I did this album. They played it. They didn't think they had a single. So the company was private stock and Larry Utah, who was the president, called my attorney and said, listen, I've got this writer, Tony McCauley, and he's got a couple of tunes that he'd like to come over and play for David. So sure enough, he flew him over and I finished day's work uh, on Starsky and and he played Don't Give Up on Us, baby. And he played a song called Going In With My Eyes Open. And we decided to do Don't Give Up on Us. We did I, I, that record was finished, done, finished, and out in ten days. It was amazing how fast that turned around. I was put onto the album, and the album went platinum, and the single. Started off in the UK at number, you know, went right up to number one, and then eventually became number one in the States as well. That was how it all happened. Following that, we had a song called Going In With My Eyes Open, and that ended up as number two, and then we had Silver Lady that went number one again. And, you know, there was a whole stream of uh, Tony McCauley. Songs that just took off.
0: A great combination of uh, you and Tony—that's for sure. Worked out beautifully for all of that and more. And uh, we're going to be back right at this and everything old's new again to continue talking music. Starsky and Hutch, Star Trek, maybe. We'll be back right at this and everything old's new again. We're still worth one. No track. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen.
1: Hey, man, I'm telling you, it's a steal at $5,000. $5,000 for what? Think like I want to ride around on a blueberry on wheels? This is not a blueberry on wheels. I apologize for my partner's rudeness. This happens to be a piece of sculpture. Yeah, it's a piece of sculpture. It's a piece of... Piece of what? What's the matter with you, man? You bad mouth in my short... Uh, Merle, now here's a car with some character to it. It's got some soul, you know, some dignity, some inner flash. Lousy spark plugs. (laughs)
0: Uh, Speaking of soul, this is everything old is new again. We're back here with David Soul uh, from Starsky and Hutch there and uh, we're having a great time and we certainly appreciate you taking the time with us. That's uh, a little bit of a a clip, of course, from the show that if we remember the show, it was, of course, cops and robbers, a lot of chases, a lot of violence. We'll talk about that a little bit, but also during the years, it became a little more uh, of a, a buddy situation and there was some lighter moments. Was that That planned, say, by the producers and the writers, or was that something that happened as a result of the developing chemistry between yourself and Paul Michael Glazer
1: Well, the chemistry was there from the very beginning. I mean, I must say, uh, I'd known Paul back in New York, and uh, when he came into the room, I'd gotten the part first. But when he walked into the room to audition, you know, along with there were about a hundred other people that I auditioned. I just did that film called Magnum Force, and. uh, Aaron Spelling the producer of Starsky and Hutch had seen that film and said okay that's my Hutch and I said no <laughs> I don't want to play Hutch I'll play the other guy I like the other guy and he said no you won't <laughs> and I said okay, <laughs> I, okay I agree <laughs> and then I auditioned these people and Paul walked in and we were that chemistry was there from the very very beginning you know it just um, it, it developed I think mean, the idea for me as far as I was concerned we, we weren't we weren't two cops we were. Two guys, two friends who happened to be cops. So that gave us a lot more latitude. Like the concern that we had as characters in there was more about justice than it was about the letter of the law. So we we played both sides of the coin, so to speak, between what we what we understood from the street and what was you know what was official, right. what was you know what we had to do.
0: Right, and it worked beautifully. I'll tell you, the chemistry was great. Obviously, that's why the series was so successful and still remembered to this day. I'm going to show off a little bit because we have your buddy, Paul Michael Glazer, a clip from when he was on our show, just real quickly about uh, Ed Living. Well, when David and I, I never stuck to the written word. Let's <laughs> see that. <laughs> we had a, a good time with that. Bottom line is he's saying that there was some ad living, a lot of ad living that went on with uh, Starsky and Hutch. Maybe you can expand upon that a little bit. How did that work with a show that's scripted? I'm not so sure that the uh, the suit, so to speak, or the I don't know the writers uh, enjoyed that in the beginning, but certainly it sounds like they they went with it because it was very successful.
1: Paul was the worst ad libber I would ever worked with. <laughs> How <about that>? no. <laughs> no, we it wasn't just ad living. I mean, there was there was this serious this improvisation and that was what was that was what was fun right a lot of these scripts that we did you know were regurgitated they'd been seen a 100 times before right you know, in television those were the days when you had you did 22 23 25 shows a year and you know it to turn out scripts for that many shows per per season was pretty heavy duty so what you did was you pulled out an old script from Way back when, and you kind of re, you know, rejig it right and make it something that's you know would work for the guys. And we'd get the script, and most of that stuff was crap, and we'd end up having you know, you taking it and because we did care about what happened, what, what went out, there's no question about it, right? But we would take that and we would rejig it, rework it ourselves so that it became. More representational of our relationship as opposed to the the, the cold sort of yes yeah th- you know just the facts ma'am thank you ma'am and that kind of thing right and it- and so there was a lot of improvisation in it um, and you know we got tired of doing it after a while and it got tired but we certainly did a lot of it no question
0: And that's important. Fans of everything old is new again. Uh, listeners, uh, I should say, uh, certainly are aware of David Cohen and myself. Go back to high school, and so I understand that chemistry thing where it's like you know you're not afraid to say something or take a chance with some ad lib or some comment because you know the other person is not going to take it personally. You're just doing it in character. You're trying to make it uh, fun, and uh, and I, I think that that really comes off as a uh, you know natural as a nice uh, a nice I would just say icing on the cake to these scripts. But another bit of icing on the cake, so to speak, is that um, David Soul, of course, has produced five albums. He's produced number one uh, singles. He's released David Soul... Gold, a three-CD set that contains 45 songs compiled from those five albums, uh, a new recording of Don't Give Up On Us. Uh, it also contains 14-track uh, vinyl albums, so truly everything old is new again here. David Soul Gold. You can get it at davidsoul.com. That's pretty easy, S-O-U-L, davidsoul.com. Let's listen to and refresh our memories a little bit of another great song that you produced, Silver Lady. We'll be back right at this. here. My word tell you, that's one that is real catchy that you don't want to turn off, and I apologize having to own your play like 30 seconds, but if you want to hear more and own that, go to davidsoul.com or Amazon and pick up uh, David Soul Gold. David, that also was by your uh, buddy uh, uh, Tony McCullough and, and uh, Did you collaborate with him? Did he just kind of hand you these songs? How did it work with your relationship with him?
1: Well, I didn't actually. No, he, he wrote... Uh, he wrote the songs, uh, he'd present them and I'd listen to them and whether I, if, if I responded to them then it was, you know, then we do it. Uh, if I didn't uh, like them particularly, we didn't do it, so uh, that was the, and then uh, once we were in the studio and started putting the songs together, because it was my band that was playing, so. And I knew my I knew my guys really well, so we did uh, we we did a lot of the arrangement. You know, so we didn't do the strings. The strings were done by Mister King. I can't remember his first name right now. Is he uh, King? Was his last name? Those were the days when you walk into Studio A and you get a, You got an orchestra sitting there of a, sixty people. You know, and you walk in and say, they're playing for me. Are you kidding? <laughs> and the sound. You know, that, that, that was the era of strings. And it was great. Getting the hair on the back of your neck stood up, you know, walking in it. It was beautiful. So the, it
0: was great. the the interpretation, so to speak, uh, for us uh, that are not necessarily involved with music, but the inter—you'd hear the song, uh, let's say, played uh, uh, on an acoustic or whatever, and then you you then interpret that and, and add uh, to it and add with what that which you feel is necessary, right?
1: The interpretation was collaborative. There's no question right.
0: about that. Right. The song, Tony. And now there's a different uh, song here on the uh, on this project which I think is terrific uh, looking back at your career and, and it's David Soul Gold jazz man a totally different uh, style uh, which really uh, really shows your versatility let's listen to that Black eyed sweet sun
1: sugar don't you try to change
0: me cuz ain't know you honey I- Jazz man, I got the sunny land Blue Just off the streets, trying a trick or two Trick or two there we go. jazz man. if you want to lay back and have a uh, cognac and just relax after a hard day, uh, that's the perfect song for that. And there's others on this uh, compilation that meet that uh, re- requirements, if you will. But w- what made you change? Oh, uh, let's put it this way. What style of music do you prefer? Pop, jazz, blues? Is there anything or are you across the board that you're interested in?
1: I've never been uh, a genre-oriented uh, guy. i I just like too much. I just like music. and I think that probably didn't work in my favor so much back in the day because I, I I got I didn't want to get locked into a certain genre of music. I mean i I grew up as a folk singer, all right? So and I started out in Mexico. I studied in Mexico and was given a guitar down there and taught the songs of Mexico. So when I came back to the states and couldn't get a job, I went into a club and got a job because I could sing Mexican folk songs and that started my, I'm saying Mexican and then I learned Russian songs then I learned some French songs and then I learned so I, I learned a lot of different kinds you know from Woody Guthrie to my guitar and moi my guitar and, my, and me to Armenian to you name it and I take that same attitude all through my early days in recording I didn't want to be known just as and I, I think probably I didn't have the, the balls at the time to really stand up and say, listen, there's a lot of stuff here that I really want to do. So, but now when I put these 40, it's not 45, it's 44. Okay. Here, uh, so actually. But when I put these things together, I purposely did a lot of different songs and a lot of different styles, a lot of different approaches content wise and also musical musically wise music wise uh there's a whole kind of mixture of of uh ballads and jazz and blues and rock and you know there's just a whole it's a It's a booyah base, of
0: It's something for everybody, I'll tell you. That's that's very true, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I I think it's well worthwhile. David Soul Gold, either you go to Amazon or davidsoul.com. If you go to davidsoul.com, there's also some autographed books, autographed pictures, memorabilia, signed scripts. So uh, feel free to go there as well uh, for that purpose. But really, David Soul Gold is well worth it. We'll be back right after this on Everything Old is New Again. Now, back to America's Entertainment Pop Culture Talk Show Everything Old is New Again With Douglas Viviani and David Cohen
1: The skies you've ever seen Seattle And the hills The greenest green in Seattle
0: ah, Welcome back to Everything Old is New again. That's a little piece of Bobby Sherman singing uh, Seattle, which is a song that was the theme song to Here Come the Brides mm-hmm. and uh, that was a show of course in 68 to 70 that starred uh, and co-starred if you will uh, our special guest David Soul. Uh, David you you were born basically the same time as Bobby Sherman. Bobby Sherman was on this show for two years with you during mm-hmm. the time that he had Little Women a 1969 hit and some others. I wonder you had a lot in common with him. Did Were you sort of uh, competitors or were you collaborating were you uh, friends? How did it work? Did he influence you in any way to, to motivate you maybe to, to to do what you love? No. No. <laughs> you didn't think so. You had to go to
1: the bottom of the barrel to pull that one out, didn't you? Yes,
0: I did. Boy, yeah.
1: That scared the hell out of me. just listened to that one. <laughs> no, Bobby did not, uh, you know, did not uh, do a hell of a lot for me at yeah. that time. He was a, a nice kid, likable guy, but... Um, he was a very, 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 very commercially oriented
0: guy. He's a nice guy, but
1: um, I, I, I really had nothing in common with him at all.
0: But he, the only thing that's true, I, except for the year of your birth, I guess. But other than that, the thing is uh, that he was someone that was doing uh, what you wanted to do, apparently, and did you did just as, if not more successfully than he did later on. Uh, but it was just it was sort of parallel. I just thought it was interesting you are on the same show together uh with the same sort of uh, interest there and but you know that goes back to chemistry again like you had great chemistry with Paul Michael Glazer, maybe not so with uh, with Bobby Sherman, let's put it that way.
1: No, and I'll tell you my uh, yeah, the business of the business has never been the most important thing for me. Right. The most important thing I you know come from a background that is completely uh, has n- Nobody in my entire family has ever been involved. Um, I'm an accidental actor, it's basically what I am. Yeah. I, I didn't plan on it, didn't want to do it. I wanted to play baseball or I wanted to go out and work in political science or go into foreign service. That was, that was my goal. That was my dream. And all of these things, they happened accidentally. And, uh, you know, I, even back then when I was doing here Come the Brides with Bobby Sherman. I, I wasn't, there was no competition. I wasn't, all I, I did, I sat around in my trailer with my guitar and I'd play my songs. And that, would, that was fine with me. Right. I didn't uh, I didn't really care one way or the other. I didn't like the songs that Bobby did. Right. Um, I, I I was there, not my cup of tea. This was the same time as um, the Monkees got started about the same time. And the best thing about them was that uh, uh a train to Clarksville or something right. like what was it called?
0: Last train to Clarksville, yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or and then Dream was the, the the other one, the Dream uh, Day Daydream uh, Believer. Daydream Believer, yeah. Those were the best things that came out of them, I thought. And um but they they were manufactured. Right. I must say that. They were both both Bobby and Monkeys were manufactured. They were the the in, they initiated the boy band uh, phenomenon. And, uh, you know, even the Spice Girls were put together. You know, uh, there were there were groups that have been manufactured and sort of put together as opposed to being, then coming out of themselves, you know, and putting themselves together. Like people like, you know, Steely Dan or Doobie Brothers or um, the, the Eagles, all of whom I played with and knew about. We all, in the 70s, we all hung out at the Troubadour, you know, and people get up, they try out new material, and, you know, you bring in a couple of, like a, a couple of people and sit on the stage, do a du- duet, and somebody else would stand up and do something else. And then, and little by little, de- those people developed into the artists that, they, that, that we all love. In fact, my drummer, Jimmy Hodder, was the drummer for real in, in the years? Remember that? Sure. Uh, from Steely Dan, he, he the drummer. He was the early. He was the he, the early days d- drummer for Steely Dan. My guitarist was a, played for Ben Morrison. Was on the road with him all the time. Um, my piano player was the uh, studio pianist for Blood Sweat and Tears. Uh, you know, he goes out uh, Danny uh, Andy Colbert, my musical director, came out of the Blues Project. And she train Norton Buffalo, played with, with the Roy Rogers Band. But we were all, we all kind of found each other, you know, and nobody, nobody tried to manufacture us. That was my point. Right,
0: really. right. So I'm, totally original and organic. Uh, and as a result of that, uh, Goodbye Gatsby comes out in 78, a great jazz style song. Let's, let's listen to a little bit of this that you can get on David Soul Gold from davidsoul.com. of roses and the smell of romance Quaint little houses in the south of France Touring cars and movie stars Surviving heads of Russian czars I really like that uh, that track, and there's some great piano in there as well. I don't know who was the pianist, but there's some great little oh, solos in there.
1: That is my band. They played Don't Give Up On Us, Baby. They also played this. They also played uh, Silver Lady. They, uh, they do the rock and roll. They do it all.
0: Wow, that's amazing. So they were sort of like you, Renaissance in a way. Or no, Bottom line is you play what you enjoy and do what you enjoy doing and why be pigeonholed into one thing which you are then going to be, you know, sort of stuck with is what you're trying to say. You know, I enjoy that. You got it in one, Doug. You got it in one. There you go. Thank you. Speaking of something, let's just have, a, let's have a, a kick here for a moment. You're on All in the Family at one point and played a character, Zabu, an artist. Let's just play a small clip here, refresh your memory, and ask you a question or two about this.
1: I see by that brooch you there that uh, you like uh, painting people without their clothes on, in other words, in the nude. No, no, not everybody. For instance, you, I'd—I I'd never paint you in the news. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, you wouldn't be you without your clothes on. What do you, Mrs. Bunker? Well, I don't know. I'll have to think about it.
0: <laughs> I mean, you were hot at th- that time. Uh, into. <clears throat> oh, I
1: love that show. <laughs> yeah, that- I love- Carol O'Connor was a dear, dear, dear friend, and I just love that Norman Lear show, and it just—and uh, Sally Struthers was a dear friend. Rob Reiner and they, they, these guys are—I mean—they're
0: great. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing that they're trying—they're they're trying to recreate and uh, uh, I don't know. Would you say uh, reinvigorate the franchise, if you will, with these live performances? And they do the best they can. But they, talk about chemistry—the chemistry on that set must have been—you uh, tell me—but it must have been amazing because they all really produced some classic uh, work there, huh? I
1: mean, just really—I mean that, that goes right back to there's no way people can. That's original stuff, you know? That's really original stuff. Exactly. And everything else is, is like, uh, you know, a pale sort of facsimile of what these guys created. And it's in the same way to some degree with Starsky and Hutch. We were the first of its kind. Yes. Uh, a, a buddy kind of show like that. You know, and everybody, then it, then it
0: follows. And you could so you could see that in so many of the movies. The Rock has done a recent one, a buddy movie. I forget the name of it, and and all, and and they all in some way have the same kind of. And I'm, I hate to use the word formula because it wasn't a formula in your time, but their formula now is you know the action adventure, but also their buddies and they have a joke here and there, or they don't get along like the Odd Couple, whatever. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I agree with you a lot on that in, in that way that Starsky and Hutch was a foundation to these because you were able to have that freedom or the power of your personality to say, we're going to add lib and we're going to add our chemistry to this show, uh, when I'm not so sure that at that time that was something the director would have said to you, oh, yeah, go ahead and ad lib on this scene or, or improvise on this scene. Uh, but you did it anyway uh, to uh, a successful uh, level, I guess. Does that make sense? You're,
1: you're quite right about that. I mean, I think the key the key here, Douglas, is is the word trust. Paul and I trusted each other implicitly. We fought from time to time. We disagreed from time to time. But it was always fair because the goal was the same goal. We had the same goal. And we allowed each other the space to come up up with ideas. And then we trusted each other. Nobody was trying to one-up the other one ever. You know, the better he was, the better I could be. And vice versa, the better he, I am, the better he could be. And we did that with our, our, our guest actors as well. We wanted the best actors we could get to do this to do the parts because the better they are the better we can be you
0: understand what I'm saying absolutely makes complete sense and uh, and it really resulted in a terrific uh, show that we, of course we remember 50 years later almost and uh, we're speaking with David Soul David Soul Gold is the new release three CDs of 44 songs uh, you're going to get involved with this and you're going to enjoy it I'm telling you uh, go to davidsoul.com or Amazon but davidsoul.com we could also get autographed books and pictures and memorabilia uh, it's a uh, it's a great opportunity to revisit the past, but also with an eye towards the future, because this music is timeless and is terrific music. Uh, we'll be back right after on this and Everything Olds New Again.
1: Goodbye to champagne in from abroad Romantic lovers
0: this is everything old is new again america's entertainment pop culture talk show with douglas viviani and david cohen we're with david soul david soul gold is three set cd with 44 songs from his five albums that you really will enjoy by going to davidsoul.com to pick that up any anything that i've missed so far that you want to talk about one of the things that i'm most interested in doing right now is uh,
1: finishing up the restoration of Ernest Hemingway's 1955 Chrysler New Yorker Deluxe in Havana. And uh, this has been a a, a real story that started back. You see, us Americans have never been allowed to go to Cuba. right? And when I was 15 years old, I read the Old Man in the Sea, and I think I always wanted to go to Cuba after that. And certainly, I anyway became one of my fav- very favorite authors, as he is for so many Americans. Eventually, lo these many years later in 2004, I got my British citizenship. I have dual citizenship, US-UK. And because I got a US-UK citizenship, I could take my passport and go to Cuba. And I did. And uh, the first place that I wanted to go was Ernest Hemingway's home in which he lived for 22 years, which is now a museum, the Hemingway Museum. He is revered in Cuba. Hmm. He's a favorite son there because I mean, he wrote *Old Man and the Sea*. The story continued after I first went to Ernest Hemingway's home and his, which is now you know this museum. As I said, the director of the museum had just managed to get a hold of a dilapidated, broken down, crumbling. Chrysler, 1955 Chrysler New Yorker Deluxe. It had been Ernest's car, and it had been pulled out of a jungle, rotted, gone to pieces, and she wanted to restore it and put it on display at the museum, along with his famed boat, Pilar. And so she pulled me aside after I went out there and said, "Um, knowing that you're a British, UK, and US citizen, and we can't get car parts from the US could you help us get the parts to fix the car to restore the car so we can, out and, you know, for display? I don't know anything about restoration of an automobile, but I love her Hemingway, and I loved there being there, and I loved being asked. And of course, I said yes. When I got back to London, where I was, where i living, I thought to myself, oh, "What am I going to do?" I called a Practical Classics magazine; it's a classic car magazine. And then the idea came to me. I said, "You know, this could make it a great documentary." from the very get-go. We'll do a documentary on this and tell the entire story behind this because of the problems that they, that exist, the political problems that exist in the United States. And we started, and I, I put some of my own money into the initial stages of, of this film and got ourselves a film crew and started to tell this story right from the very beginning. I've try to pull all the pieces together. Uh, I went to we went to Washington, spoke to people there, to uh, Senator uh, Senator Jeff Flake and a couple of representatives uh, about the problems that we were having about getting parts into the, into Cuba and so forth. And I was chased around by the Department of Treasury and the uh, Office of Financial Assets Control, who threatened me with imprisonment and a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars fine for trying to bring in parts. Finally, uh, with the help of a, an attorney who, who had brought in these uh, Buena Vista Social Club from Cuba into New York to the, to Carnegie Hall, he was able to negotiate my right to bring in those parts based on historical preservation. You know, notwithstanding the fact that Ernest Hemingway is one of the most famous writers we have in the United States. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But this, and then I ended up dealing with the horrendous bureaucracy of Cuba. And But it, all of this is on film now. We got all this stuff on, you know, documented. We got, now we have 120 hours of film. We have car parts that are sitting, still sitting in Miami, waiting to be shipped over. And we have the administration, Mr. Trump has uh, decided to be even more draconian in his policies towards Cuba. Obama had begun to open it up and now we're closing it down again. And so we're we're hoping, you know, we're still filming. But we got to finish the car you know, in order to finish the film.
0: You sort of need so the we, ending, right.
1: Yeah, you know, we've got to have Got guy have a finished car, don't we? Right. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs>
0: well, let's hope it so happens this, quickly. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah.
1: No, 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 that's all right. This, is, this has been something that's consumed me now for the past, oh, five, six years now. You know, right up and down and in and out and no and yes and no again and yes and no. And it's, uh, it's been a bit of a frustration, but it's, it's one of those things that you know you have to do. I think it's going to be a fascinating documentary,
0: right? We're going to keep an eye out for that, and I'm sure you'll announce that in some way, shape, or form on davidsoul.com. Oh. I've seen some mention of this oh. as well there, so. Yeah, call-
1: Douglas, it's called Cuban Soul.
0: Cuban Soul. There you go. Cuban Soul on davidsoul.com. Look for that. Uh, also, look for information on getting the David Soul gold release. Uh, one of the songs you'll hear is Tearing the Good Things Down. We'll talk about the meaning of that right after this. Because this vision just gets stronger through adversity. Nothing on this earth will ever stop me.
1: We are tearing
0: the good down, throwing them all the
1: way. I used to love this town, not anymore, not today. We are sending the good guys out. Why aren't we?
0: Go, David, that is a song on uh, the release of uh, David's Soul Gold, 44 songs from the past five albums. Uh, David, certainly that has some meaning, that song, and uh, do songs with meaning have uh, more or less significance uh, to you when you perform them?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think that harkens back to the fact that I am an actor. A lyric is probably more important to me than anything else. It's storytelling. Basically, a song is a story, isn't it? Yes, that's where. And this particular song, when I heard it, you know, it is um, oh, it's a it's a devastating song in a way because it is. We've talked about a little bit before about you know, when an idea is initiated, when something starts out, that's that's breaking the mold, so to speak, like All in the Family or like Starsky and Hutch. There is a kind of uh, I don't know what you call it. There's a a, a lovely, wonder, a wonderful kind of small-town feeling about it. It's like where you came from as a kid. It's where you grew up from. And there were certain values that you grew up with that were very, very important to you. And sometimes and as life goes on, it becomes more complex, more technical, whatever, it gets smashed down. And then you'd hear about all the corruption that's going on and stuff that's going on everywhere. How people try to do shortcuts and uh, undermine civility and kindness. And that kind of thing. And you say, oh man, why are we tearing the good things down? Why are, wh- where are we? What are we trying to do here? And you know what? It's about maintaining. Yes, we're going to make changes and stuff, but keep the value system.
0: In place, I agree with you 100%. One of those things that made me happy, a little segue here, because we don't have a lot of time, is a, a show that I loved, and I don't know what you're going to say about this. It was only on for uh, five episodes, but I'm going to play a real clip, quick uh, clip of this one. Sunday, if you love the movie, don't miss the hot new series Casablanca. The intrigue, the adventure, the romance. One word says it all, Casablanca. I don't know if I'm stumbling into something that's uh, good or bad remem- remembrance for yourself, but I thought you were terrific in it and I don't know why they didn't give this show a chance. You had Scatman Cruthers, Ray Liotta, of course, and yourself, and and others. Uh, tell us a smidge about this experience.
1: That's a, a sad story. I love that show. I absolutely loved it. David Wolfer was the producer of that, which was one of the great documentarians in America, in American film. And David Wolper did this, and I remember that we had a big production meeting with about 100 people there. I'll tell you what we did. We used the same sets from the old film, Casablanca, mm. and the back lot was the same as that was used before but they just cut it down a third and that Joe Byrock one of the 80 year old Joe Byrock was a cinematographer and he shot that's he's the guy he, he, he was a cinematographer and his you know that wonderful old Casablanca type the 1930s type lighting you know leading lighting, lighting up through the through the ferns and the to get long shadows on the walls and stuff like that, it was fantastic. And Ray Liotta was in it. We had some wonderful thing. The guy from uh, Pretty Woman, what's which, his uh, which name, uh, Hector Alessandro, right, was and uh, oh, some top, some top people. And uh, I remember uh, uh, David Wolper standing up and saying, "If we go down, we go down in flames." Well, we did. And uh, <laughs> it was, it's uh,
0: tough. It, it's a tough thing to follow you know, up on. Yeah.
1: It was panned because we tried to replicate. Because people said we were trying to take the thunder away from the original film, and that was not the case.
0: And I would there say that. Not, yeah, I was going to say I agree with that because it was a, it was a year or two before the movie, so it's setting up all of that. So if you actually spend some time to watch and understand that, that review is totally incorrect. Uh, absolutely. And, and I and, uh, I apologize to cut off. We're just running short on time here, and we're having a great time, and had a great time with David Soul. His new release is the 3D set, which contains 44 <laughs> songs compiled of the five prior albums. There's a new recording of "Don't Give Up on Us" on this. It's a 14-track vinyl album is included therein. Surely everything old is new again. Uh, thanks, David Soul. Go to David That's David Soul S O U L com, and get that and any memorabilia you like. David Soul, thank you very much for spending so much time with us here.
1: Thank you, and I'm so sorry that David couldn't be with us.
0: We'll get him back for that. Don't worry. I'll I'll, uh, (laughs) next time we'll have him on board. I appreciate it. Thanks again. Have a great day. Thank you. We'll be back this on everything old is new again. Here with uh, John Billingsley, and we're talking about the Hollywood Food Coalition. John, what is this? Well, I'm the president of the board. We serve a hot, nutritious five-course meal to hungry men, women, and children seven nights a week, 365 days a year. Been doing it for 33 years. We distribute clothing and shoes and blankets and backpacks and you name it. And we help people access a huge array of other services from partner groups. And if you'd be interested in making a donation, org. three bucks buys a hungry person a great five-course meal, hofoco.org. You've been listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's pop culture entertainment talk show. Find us on the web at everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's .biz. See
1: you next week. Same bad time, same bad station.